So I want to encourage you, as Jace did, man, sow seed into missions financially. Pray for missionaries. We support several missionaries here. Um, Pastor mentions it, mentions it a lot, and uh, we, we support missionaries here locally. We support missionaries uh, in our country. We support missionaries across the world, but right now somewhere, um, there's a team going into a, a dangerous place. There's a team going into a village that's never heard the gospel, and they're taking the gospel, and they're sharing Jesus with somebody, and that's exciting. So I want to repeat what Jay said. Um, you can give online. You can make sure you designate on an envelope. Uh, but the first Sunday of every month is Mission Sunday. We like to focus on that. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to wait until the first Sunday. We just like to kind of give a pinpoint and um, sow seed monthly to our missionaries. We want to continue to support our missionaries, and we want to add missionaries to our team, amen? Um, Just because of everything that's going on, there's still people that are raising their hands saying, I will. That's awesome. That fires me up. That really gets me excited. I want to thank you for being with us this morning. Um, Typically, when the youth pastor slash associate pastor gets on the phone tree and says, pastor's not going to be here, and I'm going to be preaching uh, typically, that's not a good thing as far as numbers, but you guys came out, and I appreciate it um, so much. I do want to mention this. I do see a lot of young people here today, and uh, that, that excites me. I'm, I'm thankful for that. You're in the right place, but I want to say this to you teenagers and also parents of teenagers. This Wednesday, um, I've prayed on it. And I'm a New Year's guy. I, I'm good with Christmas. Yay. Glad it's over. I'm a New Year's guy. Um, restart. And a lot of times I like to really pray and, and think about what we're going to talk about with the youth and go into a, a new season. And, and God's just directed me here, and I, I believe in it. And we might spend half a year um, on this topic, but parents, I want you to know because uh, the importance of this is off the charts. I've seen it. I've been a youth pastor now. For, this is me and Miss Ann's 17th year, I believe, and um, of youth pastoring, and and my wife works with youth, and we've seen it in the youth, we've seen it in their families, but we are going to kick off 2021 on Wednesday, and we're going to talk about money. Money. These kids need a job, and all God's people said amen. Come on, parents. Amen. I believe in child labor. Come on, somebody. No, we are going to talk about stewardship. We're going to talk about money. We're going to talk about what the Bible says about money, how to handle money God's way. We're going to talk about tithing. I don't want a generation to go by that doesn't understand the concept of tithing. Everybody should say amen right there. Uh, Or giving or sowing seed, what that means. It's so much more than a farmer sowing seed into the ground. Uh, I want students to understand that concept. I want them to understand the concept of saving. I want them to understand that half of the parables that were written in the Bible were about money or possessions. The amount of scripture that is in the Bible about possessions and money is off the charts. We just kind of tuck it away like we do a lot of things. But we're going to spend potentially for sure three months, but we might spend half the year with your students talking to them, walking them through, first and most importantly, what the Bible says about Scripture, but also how to handle their money. And I promise you, uh, it's dangerous to promise things from the pulpit, but I promise you, I can't guarantee you all of them will get it, but I promise you, there will be some that this will be a life-changing study for them. Last time we did this, I literally, I remember one teenager, she (laughs) she wasn't supposed to, she called me from the bank, but she's like with the person like, and you're not supposed to do it. And she's like calling me. She's like, hey, I just want you to know I'm opening up a checking account and a savings account. And my number's blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, whoa, stop. 
I'm proud of you, click. <laughs> but I have students to this day that are older now. When you're an old youth pastor like me, it's the cool thing is to see them grow up and get their own families. And, and, and I see them financially responsible, and now that's trekking down to another generation. It really is a legacy. Um, it's, it really is something that we kind of put in the corner and say, oh, yeah, that's for adults. No, it's for teenagers, and they need to learn. So I want to encourage you to get your student here on Wednesday at 630, and we're going to start uh, this journey. It's called Generation Change. I believe in it, and um, I'm excited about it. Once again, thanks for being out um, this morning. Pastor Brown's doing good. I talked to him yesterday. Sherry's doing better. They're on the back end of this thing. Uh, he went out and put out hay yesterday, so he's doing the farming thing. Um, so everything is good. He wanted me to tell you guys thank you so much for all your prayers and your phone calls and your text messages. And uh, they are doing well. And I want to apologize that today uh, we're going to go from Jeopardy to Wheel of Fortune. Okay, some of y'all get that, some of you don't. Typically you get Jeopardy preaching. Well, this morning you're going to get Wheel of Fortune preaching. Okay, because I'm a Wheel of Fortune kind of guy. Okay, I'm not a Jeopardy guy. Our pastor is a Jeopardy guy. We are so blessed and honored to have Pastor Brown as our senior pastor, and we honor him today, right? We honor him and Miss Sherry and their whole family, and they will, they will be out of quarantine in the next few days, but we continue to pray for them, and we continue to pray for everybody that's dealing with, and let me be specific with this. Listen to me what I'm about to say, because we've missed it the last few months. We're praying for people that have coronavirus, but also people that are dealing with other things. We've just completely lost our minds. Because now there's no flu, now there's no cancer, now there's no diabetes, there's no abuse, there's no relationship problems. It's just COVID. We're praying for everybody. Amen. Come on, somebody. We're praying for everybody. And I want to encourage you to reach out to people, okay, whether it's with your thumbs, whether it's with your mouth. Call some folks, all right? I've tried to do a good job in the last several weeks of reaching out to some people. Man, my heart is just with the senior saints, my spiritual grandmas and grandpas. Some of them are here this morning. I honor them. Um, but I just love them, and, and some of them are lonely, and they just want somebody to call them. We went and sang Christmas songs a little while back with the teenagers, and man, it was awesome, and you could just tell how much they appreciate it, but these are spiritual giants, and we need to continue to honor them by just contacting them. So I want to encourage you, if you know some of these people, reach out to them, text message, phone call. They will greatly appreciate it, I promise. Uh, I talked to some in the last few days, and a lot of them, the first thing that they'll say is, I'm just ready to get back into church. And I love that generation because they, they know the value of the local church. They understand that. And once again, these are spiritual giants. They fought in wars for us. They built businesses for us. They built homes for us. And the least we can do is reach out to them and remind them that we still love them and we want to honor them. Amen? Amen. Well, listen, I'm very excited. Get your Bibles out this morning. And turn to the book of Habakkuk. Might take some of y'all a while to get there. Some of y'all are questioning if that's even in the Bible. Habakkuk. I hope you got your Bible study pants on this morning because we're going to read a lot of scripture. A lot. If you came here for 19 poems and 57 quotes from other preachers, you came to the wrong service. You're going to get a lot of the word of God. But I believe in the word of God. I believe in speaking the word of God. We sang the blessing. I believe when the word of God is spoken, it immediately begins to do things in our lives. I just believe that. And I believe it's going to do something in my life, and I believe it's going to do something in your life and those watching online. Now, we're going to also cross-reference a lot of scripture that's going to be up on the screen, so do your best to stay with me, and I'm going to do my best to stay the course, because I got just a bunch of chicken scratch 
um, as you can see. Uh, if you remember a couple weeks ago, it might have been three weeks ago, I came up here and exhorted on stage when I typically do after worship, come up and pray and scream and shout. And the Lord spoke to me about Habakkuk. And, um, and, and I exhorted about it. And then Pastor told me I was going to preach um, last Sunday. And I said, man, I'm just going with it. The Lord kept dealing with me. It's really all I've been reading is Habakkuk the last several weeks. And uh, so I'm built up. There's a lot of excitement in me. So there's going to be a lot of tears and there's going to be, it seems like a lot of anger. I'm not angry at anybody. All right. I just love Jesus. And that's the way I express myself. Okay. So once again, if you're here and you're looking for a quiet preacher, that's just going to tell a lot of poems and you might want to leave because it's about to get crazy. Okay. Stand to your feet this morning. Keep your finger on Habakkuk. And ah, that was not me. That was the microphone. Turn to Job, keep your finger in Habakkuk, and turn to Job, chapter 13, verse 15, and then Habakkuk, chapter 3, verse 17. You say, why do we stand? We're up, down, up, down. I like to say this a lot because Pastor has ingrained it in us. We're honoring the Word of God. It's something that they used to do uh, in the history of the church and and we want to keep as many of those things as possible we're honoring honoring the word of god in job chapter 13 verse 15 the bible says though he slay me yet will i trust him everybody say yet oh come on now say yet though he slay me yet will i trust him now go over to habakkuk chapter 3 and look at verse 17 and 18 though the fig tree may not blossom nor fruit beyond the vines. Though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet, everybody say yet, yet, yet I will rejoice in the Lord, I will joy in the God of my salvation. As you could have already see by the songs we picked and the words have been spoken we have hope this morning our hope is found in christ i know a lot of you were ready to get out of 2020 but let me just slap you in the face with some realistic things today january 3rd 2021 is really no different than december 31st 2020 it's just not there's still sickness there's still abuse. There's still bad things going on. Somebody, God forbid, somewhere in the world today died. Things haven't changed. Yet, there is hope. Yet, there is hope. I don't want to burst your bubble, but a calendar change is not going to change your life. The thing that's going to change your life is Jesus Christ and hope in Christ. Nothing else will change your life. So let's pray. Father in heaven, we love you. And God, I just thank you once again for the men and women that are here and those that are at home. God, it's an honor. I, I, Father, I'm humbled to stand here to share your word, God. Father, you like to use the foolish things of the world. God, here I am. God, I just pray for your anointing and your word to go forth. We love you and we thank you. Let us leave this place better than the way we came in 
In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Habakkuk, man. Talking about somebody who really don't get a lot of credit. He's really kind of tucked away in some of the giants, you know. He's a minor prophet, and you don't really hear a lot about him. His name actually means embrace, is what the name of Habakkuk really means. And he, he only gets three chapters, but it, it's a powerful three chapters. Let me just kind of set the stage for you where we're at here. I'm just going to go ahead and expand it a little bit for you, just so you'll see the amount of history that is taking place in the time of Habakkuk. From about 650 B.C. to 550 B.C., a lot takes place in these 100 years. We're talking about the end of King Josiah's reign, bringing back the Word of God, excitement, revival. We're, we're looking at a, a, a really also a horrible time for the southern kingdom of Judah, of, 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 of the, really the bad guys coming in, the Babylonians, the Chaldeans coming in and destroying not only the land but people. There's, you, you pick up on Daniel, you pick up on Ezekiel, you, you pick up on so many things that are going on. 586 is where the Babylonians came in, I believe, and, and really conquered Jerusalem. So there's a lot going on, and here this minor prophet sits. And typically the prophets in the scripture would prophesy to the kingdoms. The prophets in the scripture would prophesy to the people. But here's Habakkuk, and he doesn't prophesy to the people. It's almost like he takes a step back from his prophetical anointing and just becomes one of us from the hill country. And he just simply says, time out. I don't have a prophecy for the people. I don't have a word from the Lord for the people. I just need to talk to God. And I love that about Habakkuk. I love that about the people in the word of God. I say this a lot. We have to understand, yes, these were powerful men and women of God, but they were just like me and you. They were humans. And sometimes they had to step back from all their popularity and all the pomp and circumstance and just say, I need to talk to God because I've got some questions. A lot of chaos is happening right now in the, in the time of Habakkuk. He lives in Judah, the southern kingdom. Once again, I said it before, it's being attacked by the Babylonians. Bad things are happening. But yet there is hope. I wrote it this way. Yet means it doesn't matter what is going on. God is always good. You need to hear that this morning. It doesn't matter what's going on. God is always good. I say it a lot from this stage and I mean it. His goodness has nothing to do with your situation. His goodness has nothing to do with what's going on in our culture. So often in the church... Our spiritual thermometers are based on what Shane talked about. If the favor of God is upon me and I hadn't been sick in six months and my bank account is full and everything's great, God is good. Woo! But as soon as something bad hits, the spiritual barometer goes down. Where's the church? Where's the church? I hate to break it to you once again, guys. It's not getting any better. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. You say, will the sickness go away? Yeah, possibly. It could get better. But as a whole, we're 8 billion people. There's 8 billion sinners on a round globe. Understand that. Yes, we can have a brighter day. Yes, it can get better tomorrow. In Christ Jesus. 
It saddens me. And I just want to be honest with you. It saddens me to see some of the most spiritual, mature people that I've been around my entire life so downcast. This is not the time to be downcast. This is the time to have hope. And that hope is in Christ Jesus. Young people, listen to me. You've grown up in church. You went to children's church. You've had the blessing of God spoken over you by your family. Now's the time for that stuff to kick in. Adults, you've been in church your whole life. Now's the time for all of that stuff that you've been resourced. You're just restored. All those devotions you read, all those prayer meetings, now is the time for it to kick in and for us to be the church. Amen? God's still moving. Missionaries are still preaching the gospel. Right here in Hebrew Springs, foster families are still taking in kids. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is still working, yet there is hope. Let me get back to the text. Habakkuk chapter 1, look at verse 1. We're going to read the whole book. Don't worry, it's just three chapters. So here's Habakkuk, and he's about to ask God a question. It's okay to ask questions. For all of you wondering, it's okay to be really raw and honest. Remember, all hell's breaking loose in the southern kingdom. Habakkuk wants to ask God a question, so here we go. Verse 1, the burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw, O Lord, how long shall I cry? And you will not hear. Even cry out to you violence, and you will not save. Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble? For plundering and violence are before me. There is strife and contention arises. Verse 4. Therefore the law is powerless, and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous, therefore perverse judgment proceeds this is coming from a prophet a man of god and he's asking he's just being raw with him he, he's really a protege to jeremiah he's just being raw and he's weeping for his community and he's saying god why are all these bad things happening even to the righteous why are these bad things happening? why aren't you doing anything to punish them why aren't you, how many times have you heard it? We put it on shirts now. Why do bad things happen to good people? Or why do good things happen to bad people? Right? Habakkuk is asking God, why don't you do something to Judah to get their attention? Why don't you do something? How many of you know a lot of times when we're trying to fix everybody else, God is trying to fix us? When we're trying to have an opinion about everybody else, God is just saying, hang on, I need to work on you first. You first. Verse 5, God responds. Imagine that. Trust me, when you reach out to God and you call out to God, he will respond. Now, it won't be exactly the way you want it to be. Understand that. God will never answer you typically the way you want him to answer you, or that means you would have been God to begin with. He's going to give you an answer. And a lot of times we say, God's not giving an answer. We haven't been quiet enough to hear him. We've been too busy complaining and griping about what he didn't do when he's doing something new. Amen? Verse 5, God responds, look among the nations. Can you imagine having a conversation, Jace, with God? And then he responds. Verse 5, look among the nations and watch. Everybody say watch. Be utterly astounded. For I will work a work in your days, hallelujah, which you would not believe, though it were told to you. He got a good response back, 
right there. So Habakkuk said, yes, he answered, and yes, he told me he's going to do a new work. Hallelujah. Look at Isaiah chapter 29, verse 14. They'll put it on the screen. He said, therefore, behold, I will again do a marvelous work among this people. A marvelous work and a wonder for the wisdom of their wise men shall perish and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hidden. Yes, he'll do a new work, but 99.999% of the time, it's not the way that you think it should be. Because watch what happens. Watch what work he's going to do for Habakkuk. Verse 6. For indeed, I am raising up the Chaldeans, a bitter and hasty nation, which marches through the breadth of the earth to possess dwelling places that are not theirs. Verse 7. They are terrible and dreadful, their judgment and their dignity proceed from themselves. Their horses also are swifter than leopards and more fierce than evening wolves. Their chargers charge ahead. Their cavalry comes from afar. They fly as the eagle that hastens to eat. They all come for violence. Their faces are set like the east wind. They gather captives like sand. They scoff at kings and princes are scorned by them. They deride every stronghold for they heap up earthen mounds and seize it. Then his mind changes and he transgresses. He commits offense, ascribing this power to his God. Yay! You gave him an answer. God, all hell's breaking loose in my community. People are sick. People are acting ignorant. Meth, drug, I mean, just chaos. God, why aren't you doing something to get their attention? God says, I am. It's not the way you want it, but I am. So just sit back and watch. 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 If we will live our life understanding that, man, your life, you would live your life differently. But when you sit on your phone all day and you look at the news constantly, it's constant updates, constant updates, constant updates, and this never gets open, constant updates, your life will be miserable. There won't be any hope, but yet there is hope. And that hope is in Christ Jesus. So he receives that, kind of, sort of, trying to work it out amongst himself. Wow, thanks God for that. Now he poses another question. I like that about Habakkuk. All right, he's persistent. God didn't answer my first question the way I wanted it, so I'm going to ask him another one. Here we go, verse 12. This is Habakkuk talking to God. Are you not from everlasting Oh, Lord, my God, my Holy One, we shall not die. Oh, Lord, you have appointed them for judgment. Oh, rock, you have marked them for correction. So he says, God, your word says, put it up there, Psalm 90 and 2. Your word says that you're everlasting to everlasting. Where are you at in this? Look at Psalm 90 and 2. He's referring to the psalmist before the, net, before the mountains were brought forth. Or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Verse 13. Habakkuk speaking to God, you are of purer eyes than to behold evil and cannot look on wickedness. Why do you look on those who deal treacherously and hold your tongue when the wicked devours? Why do you not do anything in our country when the bad guys do things to the good guys? A person more righteous than he, verse 14. Why do you make men like fish of the sea, like creeping things that have no ruler over them? Verse 15. They take up all of them with a hook. They catch them in their net and gather them in their dragnet. 
Therefore they rejoice and are glad. Therefore they sacrifice to their net and burn incense to their dragnet, because by them their share is sumptuous and their food is plentiful. Shall they therefore empty their net and continue to slay nations without pity? Why, God? Now you're going to take the bad guys and come destroy the good guys? First of all, you didn't bring judgment upon the people that needed to get their attention. Now you're going to take the people that are coming, you're going to bring another people, the Babylonians here, to crush them? Why are you allowing that to happen to them? Why are good things happening to the bad guys? Why is the coronavirus still here? Why are we seeing all this violence? Why do we have a major meth problem? Why can't we have kids live with their own families and have a healthy, wonderful life? Why? All these things are bad. The world is going to, you know what, in a handbasket. Yet there is hope. Yet there is hope. So we ask him question number two, chapter two. Look at God's response. Habakkuk's got one more verse, chapter two, verse one. I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. Verse two, the Lord replies back to him. And if you know any verse from Habakkuk, this is probably the one. Then the Lord answered me and said, the Lord spoke back to Habakkuk, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. God's serious about that. You should check out Isaiah chapter 8, verse 1. The Lord tells them to literally take a pencil of a man and write down something. Sometimes we make things so just too much when God's just literally speaking to us. Verse 3, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. So now he's just playing with the back Verse 4, behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by, what? His faith. Let's go back to verse 3. God told Habakkuk the prophet, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. Wait, wait. Look at James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4. They'll put it on the screen. We're not good at waiting. Especially when, we're not good at waiting when the world is good, but we're definitely not good at waiting when all heck's breaking loose in our world. James chapter 1, verse 2 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Verse 3, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Verse 4, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. The whole culture's in chaos, and the church is just joined in with them. Instead of having patience. Patience, persistence, what does it lead to? It leads to the building of your faith. And that's what God is telling Habakkuk here. And then he ends it in verse 4. It says, the just shall live by his faith. Paul took hold of that in Romans chapter 1, Galatians chapter 3, Hebrews chapter 10. Introduce it to the New Testament. The just, the righteous shall live by his faith. Not the turning of a calendar. Not a new hairdo. Not a new gym membership. Not this, not that. Everybody's looking. When he's given us the answer years and years ago, the righteous shall live by his faith. By his faith. I'm going to keep hammering that in. By his faith, by his faith, by his faith. The just, the righteous shall live by his faith and nothing else, people. Where's our faith? 
Yes, bad things are happening, but bad things have been happening for many, 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 many years. I don't know if you knew it. Every time you open, you read this book, the background is bad. Birth of Jesus, background bad. Old Testament, background bad. Paul, bad. Shackles, chains, prison. Bad, 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 bad. But so much good comes out of that. Why? Because these men and women, where was their faith? Where was their faith? The righteous, they live by their faith. That's why Paul was able to say those things and do those things. He was in shackles. He was in chains. He, there was, everybody was coming against him. That's why he was able to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's why he could say 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6, Godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that we're not going to be able to take anything with us. That's why he was able to say that. He'd let you, I could just see Paul, he'd let you kind of tell what he already knew about the background. You know, isn't that amazing that we already know what's going on, we still have people tell us? From this day forward, the rest of the year, I want your response to be yet and walk away. Let them figure it out. Yet. Yet. Coronavirus is still here. There's a spike. There's a spike. There's this. There's this. There's can. There can. The wall. Everything's coming. Yet. There is hope. You know what I think about? For many, many months since all this has started happening, you know who the people I think about? I'll, I'll take it back to Grandma and Grandpa. I think about the people that lived through the Great Depression. I really do. I think about the people from the Holocaust. I think about people that really knew what suffering meant. People that didn't have an iPhone to check the news. People that didn't go home to an air conditioner. People that didn't go, go home to an indoor toilet. People that didn't have food in their refrigerator. That's who I think about when I listen to everybody gripe and complain and tell me the world's coming to an end. I think about those people. Because our, time, our time's tough. Yes, is the coronavirus terrible? Yes. But God is still faithful. And he's still pouring his favor and blessing out upon us. Verse 5, God's still responding to Habakkuk. Indeed, because he transgresses by wine, he's a proud man, and he does not stay at home because he enlarges his desire as hell. And he is like death and cannot be satisfied. He gathers to himself all nations and heaps up for himself all peoples. Will not all these take up a proverb against him and, and a taunting riddle against him and say, Woe to him who increases. What is not his? How long? And to him who loads himself with many pledges, will not your creditors rise up suddenly? Will they not awaken who oppress you? And you who will become their booty, their treasure, because you have plundered many nations. All the remnant of the people shall plunder you because of men's blood and the violence of the land and the city and of all who dwell in it. Woe to him who covets evil gain for his house. When God uses those three letters, you need to pay attention. Woe to him who covets evil, gain for his house, that he may set his nest on high, that he may be delivered from the power of disaster. You give shameful counsel to your house, cutting off many peoples and sin against your own soul. For the stone will cry out from the wall and the beam from the timbers will answer it. Verse 12. Woe to him who builds a town with bloodshed, who establishes the city by iniquity. Behold, is it not of the Lord of hosts that the peoples labor to feed the fire and nations weary themselves in vain? For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Hallelujah. Verse 15. Woe to him who gives drink to his neighbor, pressing him to your bottle, even to make him drunk, that you may look on his nakedness. You are filled with shame instead of glory. 
you also drink and, he, and be exposed as uncircumcised. The cup of the Lord's right hand will be turned against you and utter shame will be on your glory. For the violence done to Lebanon will cover you and the plunder of beasts which made them afraid because of men's blood and the violence of the land and the city and all of all who dwell in it. What profit is the image, verse 18, that its maker should carve it? Talking about idols, the molded image, a teacher of lies that the maker of its mold should trust in it to make mute idols. Woe to him who says to wood, awake, to silent stone, arise, it shall teach. Behold, it is overlaid with gold and silver, yet in it there is no breath at all. Verse 20, but the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. We have a lot of people, even in the church, that are reaching out to false idols in this time. False idols. Their hope literally is in the turning of a calendar. Their hope is literally in a new environment, a new circumstance. Can you find good in that? Yes. But the only hope that you're going to find that's going to satisfy you is the hope in, in, in Jesus Christ. So Habakkuk takes all that in. Wow. Wow. If I'm him, I'm going to ask him another question. And he doesn't. Something happens to Habakkuk in this moment. His conversation, I wrote it like this, his conversation gradually moves Habakkuk from a complaint against God to a prayerful song of thanksgiving. In God's response, he realizes who God really is and that it's not up to him, it's up to God. And God's ways are not Habakkuk's ways. And God's time is not Habakkuk's time. He has a revelation of that. And if anything we do in 2021, before we do anything else, we need to have a revelation that God's ways and God's time is completely different than the way you think that they should go. Chapter 3. So Habakkuk. A lot of people believe this is, he just gets into like a praise song here. In chapter 3. It says a prayer of Habakkuk the prophet on Whatever that word is. Verse 2. Oh Lord, I have heard your speech and I was afraid. Oh Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. Okay, God, you're going to bring wrath to the southern kingdom. Okay, God, you're going to take the bad guys and bring them down to Judah and destroy it. God, have mercy. God, have mercy. You're going to do those things? Okay, you're God. You can do it. Have mercy. Habakkuk started realizing the hope. Verse, two, verse 3. It says, God came from Timon and, and the Holy One from Mount Paran. His glory covered the heavens and the earth was full of his praise. Verse 4. His brightness was like the light. He had rays flashing from his hand and there his power was hidden. Do you see what's taking place? There's been a shift in Habakkuk's verbiage. In the first two chapters... It was, why, why, why? I hate what's going on. It's not fair. Now there's just a little bit of praise going on in his verbiage. Something has shifted. Where now the circumstances don't matter. What matters is God's good, and I'm going to give him praise. Verse 5. Verse, yeah. Before him went pestilence and fever allowed at his feet. He stood and measured the earth. He looked and startled the nations, and the everlasting mountains were scattered. The perpetual hills bowed. His ways are everlasting. Verse 7. 
I saw the tents of Cushan in affliction. The curtains of the land of Midian trembled. O oh Lord, were you displeased with, displeased with the rivers? Was your anger against the rivers? Was your wrath against the sea that you rode on your horses, your chariots of salvation? Your bow was made quite ready. Oaths were sworn over your arrows. You divided the earth with the rivers. Now the word of God is beginning, beginning to bubble up in Habakkuk. And now he's beginning to, to be reminded of what God has done in the word of God. Look at verse 10. He says, the mountains saw you and they trembled. The overflowing of the water passed by. The deep uttered its voice and lifted its hands on high. What is Habakkuk referring to there in verse 10? He's referring to Exodus Chapter 14, verse 22, he's being reminded of the goodness of God. He's being reminded of all the things that God has done. You have it? Exodus, chapter 14, verse 22. We need to be reminded, even today, of the goodness of God. That's why I stand on this stage so many times, and I talk about, we need to remember when we got saved. We need to remember when our grandma was healed. We need to remember when so-and-so got this from God. We need to remember when God got that. But Habakkuk is being reminded here of the scripture in verse 10. When God parted the waters, look at verse 11, the sun and moon stood still in their habitation. At the light of your arrows they went, at the shining of your glittering spear. He's referring in verse 11 to Joshua chapter 10, when the sun and the moon stood still. He's being reminded of the goodness of God. Did y'all know we have a rich history here at First Assembly? I mean, like 85 years, I believe it is. We need to remember the goodness of God. History matters. History matters. This is history. We need to be reminded of the goodness of God and what God did in the history of time through the Scripture. Amen? Verse 12, you marched through the land in indignation. You trampled the nations in anger. You went forth for the salvation of your people. For the salvation with your anointed, you struck the head from the house of the wicked by laying bare from foundation to neck. Verse 14, you thrust through with his own arrows the head of his villages. They came out like a whirlwind to scatter me. Their rejoicing was like feasting on the poor in secret. You walked through the sea with your horses, through the heap of great waters. Verse 16, when I heard, my body trembled. My lips quivered at the voice. Rottenness entered my bones and I trembled in myself that I might rest in the day of trouble. When he comes up to the people, he will invade them with his troops. We got to get back also to the fear of God. The respect and the reverence of God. Teenagers, listen to me right now. You need to understand what reverence means. It doesn't mean that God is, is a boogeyman. It means he is a holy God and he is to be reverenced and worshiped and praised. He is to be respected. He, we, he holds our future in his hands. And we need to honor that and respect that and reverence that. And then verse 17, and I'm closing. Habakkuk, what a conversation. So he says, though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, Though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. If the coronavirus doesn't go away in 2021, if cancer is still around, if kids still get abused and have to stay in foster homes, if people in Heber Springs continue to take meth, if relationships continue to be fragmented because of drugs and alcohol, this time next year are you going to be saying and acting and shoulders down and drooping 
there's a good chance all of this still might be true. Or yet are you going to have hope and realize that we have the medicine for everything that I just said that this community needs. They need to see a church that will square their shoulders and walk what they've preached and talked about their whole life. And we need to make that decision now. Because I, I told Aaron, I was talking to Aaron Chelsea yesterday. I've ne- I like to watch just kind of the temperature of the room, per se, the vibe, basketball games out in the community. Example, basketball games. I've been going to a lot of them. Eli. Something's happened. What, people don't even clap their hands anymore. It's almost like they're afraid to say anything. And it's sad. So last Wednesday, I, I said a few things, as I typically do. But I looked at somebody and said, ah, you know, I'm going to get a little louder, Taylor. Just to break this up a little bit. There's hope! There's hope in Christ! And if there ever was a time for the church... If there ever was a time for somebody to drive by First Assembly of God on a Sunday morning and go, what is that sound? It's now! It's now! It is time to put on our big boy and big girl pants. Life is tough. It's here. Your pastor's preached about it for years if you've been around. And he's told us life will never be the same. Yet there's hope. And that's what Habakkuk says. He says, oh, woe is me, all this stuff, man. Yet, verse 18, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Think about the response that God gave Habakkuk. Remember, God said, no, I'm going to take the bad guys. I'm going to crush the good guys. Something shifted. What shifted is his revelation of who God is. So now it goes from, why, God, to I rejoice in you. I lift you up. You're good. Somebody got COVID in my family. God, you're good. You're faithful. Your mom's got cancer. You're good, God. You're good. 1997, in my old bedroom, we watched my dad die. And on the last night of his life, it marked me to this day. God allowed him to raise up with his chest out, BP. Color came back into him. He'd been bedridden for six months. And he said, I want everybody to get around the bed. And I want us to sing worship songs. Yet I will hope. And we sang worship songs. And he said, you're going to do this in my funeral, son. And you're going to do this. And you're going to do that. And mom, you've been the best wife in the world. And then five hours later, he died. There's hope. Even in the sickness, there's hope. Even in the sickness, God shows himself. Verse 19, the Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet. And he will make me walk on my high hills. No, ladies, that doesn't say heels. It's hills, H-I-L-L-S. Do you have 2 Samuel chapter 22? Look what David said. He's already been mentioned. 
this morning. But in 2 Samuel chapter 22, if we've got it, I might have threw her off. I overloaded her today with scriptures. They do a great job. I'm so thankful for Dwayne and Lori and everybody that works in our media team because media is straight from the devil. Not Dwayne and Lori, but media. <laughs> Second Samuel chapter 22, verse 29. Look what he says. For you are my lamp, O Lord. The Lord shall enlighten my darkness. Listen to that. I don't care what you're in the middle of right now. I'm in the middle of something right now, and it has nothing to do with COVID. Imagine that. But it's just as evil, and it's just as dark. And I'm dealing with it right now in my family. But by you, I can run against a troop. By my God, I can leap over a wall. Verse 31. As for God, his way is perfect. It might not be perfect in your eyes, but 2020 was perfect in his eyes. Because people still got saved. People still got healed. Marriages still got restored. While we sit around talking about how horrible it was, God moved. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him. In sports, they like to say it this way. Maybe next year. There's always next year. Or we'll get them next year. It works in sports, but it doesn't work for the church. The time is now. The hope is now. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's now. It's not wait for next year. It's not wait. What, what's it going to be next? If we have a bad January, we're going to say, well, 2022 is going to be awesome. No, Jesus is awesome. And he goes far and above a calendar. He goes far and above dates. If we knew our history, we would know. You could take all these chapters and verses out of the Bible, too. It's all just added. Throw the calendar out. He's on a completely different calendar than you are. Even though we didn't get that desk calendar I wanted last night. I couldn't find it. Stand to your feet. Circumstances, circumstances, circumstances. Blah, 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 blah. It's all terrible. Sin's awful. Sickness is awful. It's terrible. Cancer's awful. Seeing an abused child come into your house is awful. It's terrible. Seeing somebody on meth is awful. It's terrible. Horrible. There's nothing good about it. And we're not saying anything. We're not trying to be rebellious. We're trying to be cautious. We're trying to do everything that we're supposed to do. Yet there's hope. Isaiah 61 in verse 10 says, I will greatly rejoice. Worship team, join me. Verse 10 says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he has clothed me with garments of salvation. You're clothed with salvation. He has covered me with a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its bud, as the garden causes the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. He wants one thing on January 3rd, 2021 from us, and that's our praise. Yet there's hope. Teenagers, listen to me. The greatest thing that you can do right now in the history of time right now is to give God praise and thanks. Well, he's not doing nothing. Yeah, he is. He's shaking the world. And I want him to shake our city. Shake it. Shake our city to where we start hearing more conversations about him, Barrett, and less about the bad things that are going on. 
I know you are. I'm so tired. Oh, my God. If I get another conspiracy theory text, I'm going to take my phone out in my yard, and I'm going to run it over with a lawnmower, just back and forth. Our hope is not in conspiracy theories. Our hope is not in any of that stuff. Yeah, some of it might be true. We get it. Enough's enough. Yet there is hope. Okay. We get it. There's still somebody across the street that needs to hear the gospel. There's still a sick person that needs prayer. There's still a mama that needs milk for her baby. I'm ready to be the church. And I think a lot of people are realizing that God's church looks totally different once again than the way we think church looks. And I'll make this comment. I'm thankful that the comfortableness is over. I don't even know if that's a word, Brent. I just made it up. <laughs> Am I glad there's bad? No. But I'm glad that the church is getting a little bump. Because I need it just as much as anybody else here. But I'm glad God's just kind of, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I'm still, I hadn't moved. I'm still doing what I always do. What are you going to do? We're going to sing this song. I love this song. And that'll be service. This is all about praise. This goes back to his goodness has nothing to do with our circumstances. My dad was dying. He was five hours away from being in heaven. And he said, let's worship God. Come on, somebody. Let's give him praise in the house this morning.